All right, everybody, time for another Titans talk. Coming to you live right after the big W over the Atlanta Falcons. Fellas, they did it, big fella. How, how we feeling? Got the dub. How, how we feeling? Landon? I'm feeling amazing. We got the win. You guys know y'all heard me on Thursday. Uh, I didn't think we would win this game. I thought we might play better. Uh, super impressed with the effort. Oh, yeah, I think today was a put-up-or-shut-up game, and uh, we put up. Landon, what are your quick initial thoughts? I just really enjoyed how soundly we beat the brakes off the Falcons. As soon as we got up 24, it was never in doubt that we were winning. And, what, yeah. and it wasn't quite like the Browns game where we were just stomping in the team that was supposed to win, but it still felt really good for the whole second half just to be sitting back and enjoying this one. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, I want to go back to our last podcast episode. We talked about, you know, if we win, here, here's what has to happen. Your keys last week were no turnovers, Derrick Henry a big game on the ground. Um, we we had to kind of watch out for everybody, including Julio and, and, Calvin, and Calvin Ridley, and make sure that nobody else beats us too. Well, so far, I believe we're the only offense to not have any turnovers for these first four games since the Ravens had, I believe, three turnovers this Sunday. So, And we had three fumbles, but we recovered all of them where they went out of bounds. So, so far, it looks like we've just gotten lucky with the fumbles, but still. To go a quarter of the season with no offensive turnovers is a legitimate achievement. Then Henry only ran 27 times. I said, I want to see 30 or more. He ran for even 100 yards. And it was Henry time in the second half like I thought we would. He just started breaking down the defense, bulldozing them over. Then Calvin Ridley and Julio Jones combined had seven catches for 84 yards, no touchdowns. And to me, that's a win any day of the week because to stop two guys like that, when that's what one of them usually has in a week, that was a great performance by the defense. Yeah, I agree. And Nathan, you know, we talk about all the time how Derrick Henry is our battering ram. We got to get in the third quarter and just let him run over people. What do you think about today? I felt like our coaching staff, and the offensive play calling didn't get in his way. Now, we've seen this in two of the games that we've lost where he was starting to, to wear people down at the end of the third. I mean, if you lose your focus or you get tired and you're on the defensive side of the ball against Henry, it's going to make you look pretty bad. He's, he's dragging guys his size. He's, uh, he's doing really great things. We stuck to that game plan, and it's not even about the box score or the yards per carry. He just absolutely wears you out. We played conservative in that fourth quarter. We had six – our last our last six drives had eight plays or more, and we only got three points out of it. And it's something when you cannot score points, but effectively for more than a quarter, basically run the clock out. Yep. And that's a testament to Derrick Henry, and they did not panic, and they did not vary from that. Really appreciated that they did that. Landon, to your point, I felt like in the two games we've lost, us not having any offensive uh, turnovers – was a testament to how conservative we were. And I think it actually hurt us because we did not take any risk down the field or enough. In the first game, we did just enough uh, against Cleveland and let them self-implode. And I think we did basically the same thing today. At your third point, Landon, we bottled up Julio Jones. Now, he was ready to go. He looked good. We, we never let Matt Ryan stay in a rhythm. Yep. And he can't utilize Julio. And we stayed behind him. We tackled well. Really, really impressed. Big thing? Big fella, let me ask you. We didn't give up a sack today. And I know that we really should have, and Marcus did, you know, a, a few really scary things to get rid of the ball. But even counting those two plays as, as sacks, even counting those two things as sacks, still pretty impressive effort by the entire team yeah. today on the offensive side. Definitely a big turnaround, I think. Yeah, you know, I think our offensive line did a really great job. 
I think credit to Nate Davis. He came in and played really strong in the very beginning of the game. You know, we saw Jameel Douglas first play from scrimmage. He just kind of got manhandled. And I was like, oh, man, here we go again. But they did quite a good rotation. They they were uh, swapping Nate Davis and Jameel Douglas in and out every couple series. And I think that did a lot to keep them both fresh. So, yeah, I mean, we didn't – this is the first game this season. We haven't – we didn't give up a sack. So, I think that was huge. And, Nathan, you said a couple of those plays. Yeah, they could have been sacks, but I'm not one for box scores. But that has to make you feel pretty good. What do you think? Well, this is a guy that's been sacked 50 times in, in 20 games. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I think it was it, it, just overall a really impressive gutsy performance by our offensive line. And I, I don't overlook our, our receivers and their blocking skills too. Oh, yeah. Uh, a really good effort uh, on offense today. Yes, some scary things. And we got lucky on a few. And we relied on Marcus when he fumbles. How many quarterbacks do you see fumble forward and then dr- fall back on it when it's like three yards in front of them? I mean, uh, he dodged some bullets today. Overall, started out out of rhythm. We got him in a rhythm today. I felt like the play calling was designed to get him in a rhythm. The quick throw is in the middle of the field. A.J. Brown, it just takes a normal play and makes it great. Corey Davis had a drop, Landon. Disappointed me. Responds that in the next drive to gutsy, tough man catches. One that he pulls in for a touchdown. Got to give my hat off to the receiving core today. Definitely. Really impressed with them. They took what they got. We got Marcus in a rhythm today. Did he play perfect? No. But I feel like when a team gets out of rhythm and plays sloppy, gets a lot of penalties like Atlanta does, I feel like if we just, like, play our game, stay steady, rely on Henry and our defense, we can absolutely get there. Now, yeah. let, let's talk about Marcus's effort today. Well, one good thing about Marcus, I mean, you know, we saw him spread the ball around all over the field. He hit eight different receivers, which is not your typical Marcus Mariota game plan. Um, he went 18 out of 20, 18 for 27 for 227 and three touchdowns, two to A.J. Brown, one to Corey Davis. And like you mentioned, that Corey Davis touchdown catch, it was all muscle. I mean, he had to literally stop all of his momentum, turn around after the, after the corner missed and, you know, then – run up the field for a touchdown. So it was really, really impressive. A.J. Brown, both of his catches, one was in space, and he took it the rest of the way. And we really saw that kid's wheels. Man, was he quick. It didn't look like a lot on on the screen, but then when you look at him and he's out running four different defensive players, you realize that this kid is something special. Lane, what's a come for A.J. Brown uh, in the NFL? I, I can't remember really seeing a guy that fast and that strong. With that kind of understanding at such a young age and so young in his career, of the route tree and how to get open and separation. What, what, what are we looking at here? To me, he reminds me a bit of Juju Smith-Schuster in that he doesn't, in the way he runs, he doesn't look like the fastest, but with the ball in his hands, he just has that inane ability to generate yards after the catch. He's able to bounce off defenders. He keeps his, he keeps his balance. He knows he's got the vision to find the holes, and he's just really savvy with the ball in his hands, which you can't say for every receiver. Yeah, I think that's a I think that's a really good one. Um, Nathan, who would your comp be? You kind of hear me out here. I, I think he's a bit stronger and a better framed, but his mentality and ability to get open reminds me of Derek Mason. And as weird as that sounds, just a guy knows how to get open. He's like Derek Mason 2.0. I know that seems like a homer pick. I was always amazed at his football IQ, but um, I think he's a tick faster and two ticks stronger. This guy ran a 4-4-something at the Combine. So, everybody knows I was super excited about him. It was a dream to get him, and I think everybody understands that now. 
to kind of see what his potential is kind of limitless because he can be all over the field to have the understanding of NFL offenses and defensive as he does right now in his first season is just really impressive. Let's circle back to Nate Davis a little bit. Uh, you said they, like you said, they started, it brought him off the bench. Thought they were going to wait until Jamil Douglas became a turnstile and then bring him in. And that's what they did. If you're watching down the stretch of the game, the guy really, especially when they focused on the run, the guy got a really good push. Not a super huge guy. He runs about 315, 6'3". Landon, give us a little more. What do you think uh, about him? Is this guy we could look look for and hopefully kind of kind of pencil in the rest of the season? He certainly looked good enough today. I thought he played pretty well given the interesting circumstances of his debut. Like John said, he was rotating in and out with Douglas. It was on the road. He missed a lot of time in the offseason. And to me, I think – I think we'll see a few more weeks of this shuffling where you swap them, keep them fresh because Douglas and Davis aren't really that good right now for a whole entire game. But I think in the second half of the season, if if Davis can perform like he did today and get better, then I think we may have found a starting right guard. Uh, I agree. So yeah. well, I certainly hope so. And it looked that way, especially when we get Lawan back. Uh, I can see that being a decent five moving forward. I, I think what it'll be a great – yeah, I think it'll be a great five moving forward. I think if he continues to build on performances like today – now, keep in mind, this is his first NFL game action. So, he's going to build on – he's going to build on it from here, and he's going to get better going forward. And I think for the time that he was in there, he showed a lot of improvement from what we've seen on his scouting tape in college. Um, I thought his stance was a lot better. He came out. He looked big. He looked strong and physical. So I think that's going to mesh he well. Athletic and yep. that, that's what they wanted him for. And, and I was impressed. Could you imagine no preseason? Right. No training camp. And in the fourth game, I, the, just the pressure the kid was under. Oh, I yeah. I got to say, I know they put him in, in, in a decent position. That that could not be easy. No. And the other thing, too, with you mentioned Taylor Luan coming back, which is a great thing. So, Landon, Nathan, guys, we had five sacks today. It's a really yeah. good day for our defensive line. Tell me what you think about the push, Nathan. What did what, what you see? Well, here's my thing going into the game. I felt like Atlanta's weakness was their offensive line. Everyone knows that. They had an injury to Mack. He returned. And they, they were as advertised. They were weak uh, on, uh, across the offensive line. My worry was we wouldn't capitalize on that. We've not seen and given a lot of pressure um, in these first three weeks. Now, we did in Cleveland, but we did it in unique ways. We blitzed, did all kinds of unique stuff. But I knew we had to get pressure from Landry. We had to get more pressure from Wake. And you know what? We did. Landry's best game as a pro, right? Easily. Easily best game as a pro. Um, You know, he finished the game with two sacks. um, And, you know, he was getting there. He was getting there. And he was active in the run game, stopping some some good runs. And I think, you know, he just played really, really well, real solid. And, unfortunately, we had Cam Wake go out at the end of the game with an injury. Um, Didn't look like anything too serious. serious. He just had a nice pack on. Um, I mean, the game was already in hand, so I'm sure it was just more precautionary, but that's something we'll have to monitor a little bit. We had to exploit their weakness. Yep. We absolutely did, and that kept – Matt Ryan is a high-level rhythm quarterback. We came out of his rhythm. I was really impressed yeah. with our front seven getting their hands up. They just uh, blocked his lanes and got after him. My main observation would be that from the start of the second quarter to the end of the third win, the game was still in the balance win we had to really put our foot down on the Falcons' throats. It seemed like Ryan was getting hit every other pass he made because I'd be watching Ryan. He'd release. I'd keep my eyes on him. I'd see him rear back because he got hit. And like you said, five sacks. He was getting hit all day. He was getting pressured all day. Mm-hmm. Jamon Brown, the right guard, 
went out with a concussion, and we just yeah. really exploited that. He took, that. So many, he took so many hits in. Statistically, he had about 400 yards, but he didn't throw any touchdowns. They only scored 10 points. If there's any day to qualify that as empty stats, Matt Ryan would be empty stats today. The level of frustration we get the offensive line, and we had to and we did, they played so poorly. Alex Mack, who's a pro's pro, a really bad penalty personal foul in the fourth quarter, surprised me. But I think I think it's just the level of frustration. They could not stop anybody. They're going to have a long season if they can't do better than that. When they lost Jermon Brown, they were done. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, um, a lot of those penalties, they had quite a few, like you mentioned, um, the Alex Mack penalty where he basically swan did a swan dive. Uh, I think it was on top of Jayon Brown on the ground. I mean, you can't do that. It take you, it, it takes way more discipline than that. And he's a veteran, uh, you know, all pro player. He knows better than that. And it's just, you know, they really lost their heads a lot throughout the game. And I think that just really, it, it proves that we were there to play and, you know, we were getting on them and they wanted to avoid this start just like we wanted to avoid this loss. Yeah. They're yeah, the ones so, looking at one and three now. Right, They've got definitely. some real questions in a, in a mad fan base. Yep, agreed. So that's, it's an interesting pivot in the season because a few plays are a difference between one and three and two and two, and it's just a totally different plane, right? Oh, yeah. And that's just what's so interesting about that fourth game. Uh, we had talked a lot about, well, we'll get LaJuan back and we'll just like to kind of split these games, and it's been an ugly split, right? It's been tough, but at the end of the day, we're two and two. Another observation for me, guys, our linebackers played as well as they played all season. Wesley Woodyard, the absolute spark plug, that's such a cliche. Yeah. His energy early, early in the game, nobody really breaks out sometimes, kind of tough. He's the guy who's making tackles on his hands and knees, making that extra effort. We wrapped up and tackled Big Fella better than we have all season, and I think it started with Woodyard, and he just, like, gives that energy, and it flows down like a domino to Brown and to Evans. Uh, for me, really good effort by our linebacking core today and absolutely the character of a guy who doesn't get to play every down now, Woodyard. He plays harder with what he has. You see a lot of guys now, uh, they have a hard time coming off the bench. They have a hard time getting a flow of the game. This guy is going to be one of the, with the underlooked, just terrific, like sort of spirits and characters uh, of this franchise's history. He just took his time, had to play, took him 10 years to become really kind of a star of this defense. Today's effort just just blew me away. Yeah, you know, and I'm glad you mentioned that because, to be honest with you, we didn't have this the past couple of weeks. Uh, you know, he was not the player that he was I think today. He was banged up a little. Yeah, he was banged. He definitely today. definitely banged up. I think he was even questionable throughout the week, but right. full participant towards the end of the week. Um, but he looked healthy. He looked fresh, and like you said, he was the heartbeat of this defense today. And he was not going to lose this game. Yeah, and I fully, I, I love it when players do that. People throw that around a lot, don't they? Oh but yeah. You watch that game, you see it. That's a guy yeah. who just absolutely sparks an entire side of the ball. Yeah, he it? and I think Jarrell Casey had he oh, had yeah. himself a game, and he absolutely. was not going to lose lose this game today as well. Right. So I think it was all all around. You know, we didn't come away with a lot of turnovers, but one of our more impressive defensive outings because everybody was just there to play and. We saw our leaders really take on that leadership role really, really well. And it's something like that we've been kind of lacking the last couple of weeks. And, you know, we get another leader back in Luan next week. So I'm going to look for that to continue on both sides of the ball. And we're just going to have to crush it. Lane, what's your biggest takeaway from our defensive effort today? I was really impressed by just the speed and discipline we showed coming to the ball because it seemed like every time Ryan had a check down or a short pass, the guy would 
maybe make a guy miss or run to the side, and there would just be five or six white jerseys just converging on him. There was one play where he had a short dump off to Freeman. He turns around, and Brown and Evans just fly in and just demolish him, take him out. Yeah, I oh, can yeah. just see the future of our defense with them two leading us. Yeah, yeah. It was so much more disciplined, so aggressive, so impressive, especially compared to how poorly we played against the Colts. Matt Ryan completed 35 out of 53 passes. I kind of feel like in the NFL, if you're a team that has to pass 53 times, you're not going to win. I think that says a lot about how weakened their offensive line was and how good our run defense is because outside of that yeah. one big chunk play against the Colts, we really have – and the one big chunk play against Fournette on Thursday night, we really haven't given up anything on the ground at all this season. We're, we're easily a top-five run defense. Yeah. We're legit. And so teams, especially teams with a bad offensive line, are almost forced into having to throw it 50 times, like you said, yep. because they can't just take two and a half yards of carry. That's just not sustainable to winning. When we got up by two touchdowns, I just thought our defense would uh, put him in that mode, and they did. And you throw 53 times against this team, we're going to make you pay. I just yep. really think that. And you're going to have to establish the run and be balanced and uh, – we pin our ears back. We do some peas. Dean Pease does some really interesting blitz from all over uh, the field when he has you down by two. And he ate – he just ate Matt Ryan a lot, honestly, yep. when he got up by two touchdowns. And they, they never even made a run because they made so many dumb, undisciplined things. They could never get on a roll. Yeah. Because they had some good plays. And, you know, they were dangerous on third and fourth down until they just got totally out of sync. And then they just made dumb penalties and things like that. It was reminiscent to me uh, of the first game uh, against Cleveland. Yeah, and you know, you do make you do mention penalties. You know, we had a few. We had five penalties, um, and obviously, you know, we came away with the win. But it wasn't a perfect game by any means. Um, let's talk about some of the things that we saw that didn't go right, that we did wrong. Um, one of my big things that I really just don't understand is, you know, we were, uh, you know, it was twenty four ten, and we were going for it on fourth and one inside their their twenty yard line. Um, it, it just didn't seem like it made sense to go for it on fourth. Yeah, you at, take the points the time. every time, right? There, right? I, I definitely think so. Then you put you put the Falcons down three scores. Landon, what, what were your what was your thought on that? When when Vrabel, I get the I get the you know desire to do, but right. there you take the points, you make it a three possession game, right? What do you think, Land? In a way, I I liked his aggressiveness. I wanted him to be more aggressive, and if this is the start to him taking more dangerous plays, being more aggressive, then I'm all for it. But it just seemed like the the actual play call just felt too obvious. Fourth and one, right. one of the best power backs in the league, and we run it up the middle. I mean, every defensive coordinator is prepared for that. You have to be more exotic than that. You have to be more unconventional. You can't. And we just ran have out to be, a shotgun too. Like yeah, you, you yeah, can't just we didn't do uh, Derek any favors. You can't just do fourth and one, make it look like you're going to run up the middle, and then you do because defenses are going to key on that all the way, and they're going to stop you. Yeah, I, I think that's a great point. You know, um, you know, like we said, fine. You want to be aggressive; it's great and everything, but you got to call the right play, and that definitely was not it. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I think really that was one of the big things that we didn't do right today. Um, also, you know, there obviously Marcus played a good game, but he was not without some mistakes. Nathan, what what were your thoughts on Marcus's play and some of his poorer plays? He scared me. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you. And, but we don't need him to be perfect. Uh, we need him to get in a rhythm, and we need our play callers to let him do some quick stuff, get him in a rhythm in the middle of the field. I don't think that they uh, really understand what they have always, and it's weird because I know they know. But the way they're play calling, 
get the ball in Brown's hands. Get the ball in Corey Davis's hands. Kind of see what happens. They did that today. I've never understood why. They just don't do quick stuff. As soon as he snaps the ball, find the guy in the middle of the field, whether it's Delaney Walker or anybody else, find somebody underneath and just kind of see what they can do. We saw what A.J. Brown can do with the ball. We saw uh, Corey Davis drop a ball, literally, that hit him in the gloves. And I think he showed a lot of character because the next two times we went to him, right after that, uh, he made them pay. And the second time with that touchdown. Really impressed me. Hopefully, uh, we understand we have to get Marcus in a rhythm. I've told you guys before, the ideal line for Marcus is 17 to 25. Because if he's on more than 25 times, I, I think, you know, we don't want to put the ball in his hands that much per se. Ideally, the running game's going. We do play action stuff. We take a few shots down the field. And he had pretty much almost kind of a perfect set line. We know he could have turned the ball over twice. He could have done. And it, with that crazy throw that they ruled an incompletion, I, if you do that seven or eight times out of ten, that's going to be a pick six. Yep. I mean, that was very dumb. But we could have afforded that today, just like in Cleveland. Uh, he, he did take more chances. Our big problem is we don't throw 50-50 balls. We don't use the entire field. All in all, they did that. What was uh, Marcus's line for the day? Uh, 18 out of 27 for 227, three touchdowns. So I think that's right in his sweet spot, you know, 18 out of 27. That's the ideal line yeah, for him, wouldn't you agree? That's completely ideal. I love it. Um, Derek Henry, we mentioned him earlier. He had 27 carries for 100 yards. I think that's the exact, you know, that's pretty much a, a great balance. You know, 27 pass attempts, 27 carries for Henry, you know, with some Deion Lewis and Marcus runs sprinkled here in between. I think that was a perfect game plan. I think it, it you know, it, it perfectly captured our balanced offense. All right, guys, you know, <clears throat> We covered a lot of different stats today, um, talked about what was important in the win. Um, now we want to talk about players of the game. Landon, tell me your player of the game and, and you know, what they did to, to push this team to victory. I think for as much criticism as he rightly deserves, I feel like Marietta was probably our player of the game because, like we said, he minimized mistakes. He made the throws when we needed him to. Then when we got it big and just needed him to run out the clock, just get out there with the win he executed like we needed him to. And after two pretty terrible performances, his last two games, I thought he bounced back really well. And yeah, his last two, and on his last two touchdowns, the fades, uh, A.J. Brown and the outside pass to Corey Davis, I thought those were two great throws and displayed how accurate Mariota can be in the right circumstances. Yeah, I think Marcus is a really good choice, Land. Um, you know, you mentioned – he had two really bad performances, and you know it's not—it's not easy to bounce back in this league. And he sure he, he silenced some critics today. Obviously, there are still going to be people calling for him to, you know, calling for Tannehill or whatever you want. But he really did a lot in our game plan today, and he played smart. Still, no interceptions um, through four games, uh, so he did a lot today. Nathan, who are you thinking for your player of the game? Honestly. We don't win this game without Marcus Mariota. So, uh, I think that's a, that's a logical choice for you, Land. Uh, yeah, he, not a perfect game. But like you said, he put the ball where it needed at the right time. And we all know this season, this team goes as he goes. If he gets in a rhythm, it's proven today. But honestly, they scored 24 points on offense today. That's not really a ton. For this defense, that's enough. And we've talked before. If we score 13 points, it's just not enough, even for this defense. Um, I just think it's easy to overlook the defense because week in and week out, they, they just come strong. The energy today 
it was their best performance uh, of some pretty good performances this season. So really the entire defense and anybody on that defense, but collectively uh, you could give the linebacking core, you could give Landry in his best game. You could, there's several people in a win, but we can't overlook that really the defense uh, is the heart and the core of this team. And where we go, it's going to be based on Marcus getting in a rhythm and our defense really uh, delivering the punches. All that being said, um, boy, A.J. Brown, uh, we won this game. We were able to control this game because we were up by two touchdowns. We were up by two touchdowns early because of A.J. Brown. Absolute effort. We're super excited about what this kid's going to do. And if we can ride in and make him a big part of this offense, it'll be something they'll have to prepare for. And I just think it adds this caveat to our team. And we could be – you imagine him. I know we're looking ahead. If we find a way like we did two years ago to make playoff, you know how tough that kid would be in like a zero-degree game. That kid was made for playoff football. And I just really am excited to see. And I think that they finally said, let's get it in this kid's hand, see if we can get Marcus comfortable. Uh, so, for me, my game ball will go to A.J. What about you, Big Phil? You know, I think A.J. Brown is another great choice. Obviously, he was pivotal. I mean, two touchdowns. Without him, we don't win this game. Um, so, I think that's a really good good choice by you. And, you know, we've seen a lot. Um, we've seen him grow over four games um, to where he got some open space in Cleveland. And, you know, again today, he got some really great catches and, and made a lot of great uh, – his yards after the catch were incredible. Um, just running down the field. And we talked about he pretty much outran a whole defense. Inc- absolutely incredible. And hats off to him. So, very good selection, both of you. Um, me, personally, uh, I'm, I was kind of tempted to go Wesley Woodyard here because he, he played lights out. But another guy I want to mention, we've talked about him before, um, just so pivotal for us. Jayon Brown. I mean, he just continues to impress me with his maturity and, you know, his ability to read. Uh, the opposing offense and his athleticism, we, yeah, his athleticism is wow. crazy and he's always so high always in the right place at the right time you know he had um three tackles four assisted tackles he had a tackle for loss he had a sack he deflected a pass which was uh, you know the pass that he deflected was pretty much a laser thrown to julio jones and had he not gotten his hand on the ball they would have converted a, a you know a pretty good down distance so i mean he was yeah. super important and he's always flying around the field and I just can't can't um, talk about him enough. His play is fantastic, and he is, you know, an incredible spark that this team needs. And he's reliable. He's turned into a reliable player on all three downs. So um, my game ball goes to Jayon Brown. Yeah, he's not as good as he's going to be. And just yep. with that athleticism, he's just got a really high upside. Just super exciting to see what he can do. And he has his head on straight. He is a guy that will get out – just really, like you guys mentioned, he'll just he'll just put it on somebody, and then he can tip a ball. Yep. And him in the middle of the field is just really something. We don't talk about two that ought to get an honorable mention, but they're really units, and they play well today. Our defensive backfield, when you bottle up a Hall of Famer in his prime like that, the game plan, credit to Dean Pease, and credit to Logan Brown, and a buyer is always there and always tipping balls and just showing a lot of energy and toughness. So really hats off to those guys because I think when they say, oh, yo, we were able to bottle up Julio Jones. You know what that takes? Just super yeah. impressive effort by those guys. And our offensive line, um, Dennis Kelly was over his head for four weeks. He's a good third tackle. Um, I think he'd be a better right tackle. This guy would had an impossible task. And, and in four weeks, if we hadn't traded for him uh, for peanuts a couple years ago, we would have been uh, 
in, there's no way we'd be two and two. So hats off to Kelly. He goes back to where he belongs. Uh, excellent swing tackle, excellent depth. We'll still see him a lot, but absolutely Taylor Lewan, uh really owes Dennis Kelly because if not for him, he would have uh, his loss would have been these first four weeks would have been uh, absolutely catastrophic to this team. Oh, a hundred percent agree. Um, one other guy you mentioned talking about all phases of the game um, that we don't give enough credit to. We've called him out a couple times, but Brett Kern. How about him today? I mean, how many times did he pin Atlanta within a ten yard? Within within ten, I mean, he was incredible, and you know. Atlanta started off a lot of their drives with terrible field position, and it was all hats off to Kern. He he played an incredible game, and, you know, our guys getting down the field, there was one where Sean Sims caught it, uh, you know, and got it out of the end zone, and, and it's just incredible special teams play, and, you know, they, they really did well today. Brett Kern has been a top three punter in this league for at least five or six years. Yeah. I mean, literally, of the 32 teams, he's been top three. Uh, we can take him for granted, but I'm telling you, in a close game, the guy has got ice water in his veins. Just yep. super impressed with Kern. Yeah. All right, guys, any other quick hits before we wrap this one up? Well, this has been a love fest, uh, and I think they deserve it. But I, I would like to go around more time and say, like, what, what do we have to work on, though? Like, just real quickly, kind of, what what do they need to work on this week? Uh, so we'll, we'll be ready to host a, a good Bills team, a tough Bills team. Uh, and does anybody know about uh, Allen's injury? I know we'll talk about the, the Bills uh, a little bit at the end of the show and then, of course, on Wednesday. But, uh, Landon, do you, do you know Allen's um, kind of um, state right now? And what what's your big key for what we have to fix from, from each of you? Well, I know that. Well, I saw Allen. He took a dirty shot right to the helmet. He got knocked out of the game against the Patriots. So I'd assume he'd be in the concussion protocol. And it was a pretty nasty hit. Hmm. I I would say just based on what it looked like, I think he'll be in it just because I think he's that he's that durable, he's that tough, but still he's not going to be a hundred percent. When you get your bell rung like that, you're going to be slowed down some, and that's good for us, but terrible because you want to play the other team at a hundred percent to be no, the best you yeah. can. That's not cool, and we, I just 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 hope he he plays on Sunday because uh, he deserves that fan base, and hopefully that the cheap shot didn't did, didn't hurt him. But, fellas, what, what's the key? Starting with you, uh, big fella, what what has to improve from today uh, f- uh, for us for Sunday? You know, we've done pretty well at teams who have big-name wide receivers, and, you know, we've been able to shut them down when we know they're going to go to them. But we have a problem with the guys who are not the focal point of the offense. They turn into a focal point. Yeah, There's a secondary. Um, Austin Hooper today, he had yeah. nine catches for 130 yards. Um, tearing up we the middle of the field. We have defended tight ends terribly all season. We have. As good of our defense is, that's been our sore spot. Yeah, we have. And you know what? Um, this Bills team, they don't. They come in with without too many true number one receivers. Um, I mean, they have a bunch of guys that can can really hurt us. And I want to make sure that we bottle up these guys like like Cole Beasley, who can go across the middle and catch a whole bunch, or or John Brown, who can get really deep on any of our our corners and catch these deep balls. Now, obviously, it'll depend on who's throwing it to him. Um, so, you know, I wish Josh Allen the best. And if he plays, he plays. If not, he doesn't. But um, I think really we have to we have to watch out for the receivers, watch out for guys that can potentially hurt us. Um, I also think it's going to be really important to see some offensive line chemistry because we're going to introduce Taylor Juan back as left tackle, and we're going to kick Kelly over. I think maybe we might try him at guard. Depends on how Nate Davis looks in the, the film room. 
um, after his first game. So it, it'll be a big test. And, you know, this, this Buffalo defensive front um, outside of Cleveland is probably going to be the toughest front we're going to see all year, um, if not just in this couple of weeks. So we have to make some clear running lanes. Henry, Henry is great, but if we have him run into a brick wall 30 times next week, it's not going to be good for that game. It's not going to be good for the rest of the season. So we need to get some push. We need to get some separation from their defensive line. We need to get some running lanes. So those are my big keys right now, just off of a quick, uh, quick analysis of the Buffalo Bills, um, because they're a tough team. I'll tell you what, they're, they're going to come here. They're going to be ready to play. They just lost, lost a tough one to New England. Um, you know, they're 3-1 and one looking to prove something. So I think, I think we have to be, you know, ready to play. I don't think Buffalo's defense is underrated anymore, but that's going to be a big thing. Yes, uh, that's a man's defense like us, and they they don't have a lot of household names, but they have, a, I think, an excellent defense. I think it was obviously on display today. They held New England to 16 points. But I'll say, guys, we really suffered when we did not effectively get pressure, and we did today with Landry. We have to continue to get pressure, um, and if we don't, it just makes us one-dimensional. We're going to give guys time. They're going to pick us apart. Um, even even uh, a young Allen or if they have to go with Barkley, we're going to have to get after people. And when we do it, if you guys notice, when we've got sacks this season, it's been multiple guys. It's been Casey and Landry. It's been Wake with Casey behind, or we got a Logan blitzing. So we're going to have to continue to be creative and find ways to get pressured. That's my key to the game. Uh, I know we did well with that today. We have to continue to consistently do that. Landon, what, what's your big key? What, what's the thing we need to clean up to uh, uh, for Sunday? Well, the offensive play calling certainly needs to sharpen up because, yes, today we scored three touchdowns and the offense looked much better than it has been. But none of the plays were particularly impressive in terms of play calling. It's just that Atlanta's defense is really bad, especially with the loss of Keanu Neal. Yeah, Like you said, this Bills defense is probably top five. Mm-hmm. They held New England to nine offensive points. New England's only touchdown came on a blocked punt. So this defense is legi- this defense is legit. We have we can't run we can't run up the gut on fourth and one when when everyone knows we're going to do that we have to be more exotic we have to be more diverse we have to be more prepared to exploit the defense. Really well said, really well said. I mean, you know, Tom Brady had he went eighteen for thirty nine for one hundred and fifty yards and a pick. When's the last time you saw Tom Brady put up a stat line like that? Tom ever does that when people get after him. And yep. you could see him on the sideline. He was so hacked off. He was so mad. Oh, he wasn't yeah. even happy they won. He was so mad. And I'm telling you what, they got after him. And if they can get after him, they can get after Marcus. So we yep. better be ready, like Elena said. We better have something for him. We better be a little more exotic. When that, in our, You mentioned the play calling, Landon. When we came out on our first third down and we did that dumb screen on third and long, I was like, I'm not going to sit through this again. Yep. And they got with the program after that. So we uh, we can't, we have got, got to do more of the same, and we got to get Marcus in a rhythm, and we got to be ready for this Bills defense because uh, they are legit. They very much legit. Like you said, grown man defense. I think I think that's what we have to focus on. We have to be physical. And hey, everybody listening, you know, we need you to be at the game. We need you to get loud. We need to have you know an atmosphere that that makes them make mistakes. You know, because that you know they threw four interceptions today, the Buffalo Bills. So we need to keep that up. Josh Allen threw three of them. Right. And I think we arguably have a better defense than the Patriots. Yeah, they played, you know, they, they played well this first four weeks, but they really haven't played too many people. They're at the, the cake part of their schedule. Um, so I really think 
we need to we need to force them into errors. So we need everybody there. We need everybody to get loud, um, and we need to get this W at home. We you we talked about this before. We know this team is is not easiest to root for, but today it was all effort. Uh, everybody was ready to play. Uh, a lot of preparation. Had their backs against the wall, like we said. One and three is not pretty, and uh, they came through today. So you know they they deserve us to show up Sunday, like you said, big fella. Um, I just just absolutely uh, impressed with the effort. Uh, huge relief for me because uh, you know. We don't know any of these guys. We're just fans, but uh, it matters enough that it just makes Sunday a lot better. And just to know that they they play up to their potential, it's just going to make the week a heck of a lot better, and it makes this podcast a heck of a lot easier to do when they've won. Yeah, you know what? Um, you know, Jaguars are playing right now, but both the Colts and the Texans lost. So, you know, it's it's a horse race. It's two and two. Yeah, we're, it's two we're, and we're two right where we need to be. Yeah, we're on right down the middle. Spot. Two and two. So I think we got a lot to play for and a lot to do. So. Um, I guess we will catch you all uh, later this week with a pregame, uh, getting ready for the game on Sunday. Um, Till then, fellas, you know what to say. Tighten up.